0: what's up ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the unfiltered experience it's friday night 5 p.m pacific standard time we're always here every single week bringing you the unfiltered conversations with both myself mr christopher roush the no excuses coach and my beloved partner in crime over here
1: friday night scotty g friday night scotty
0: g that's what you got, on friday bro? night scotty g
1: i'm weathering the storm how about you
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah uh just just having a little cocktail here just trying to process things that are going on in the world today and uh excited for the conversation tonight here with you and our special guest mm-hmm here on Friday night, Unfiltered Experience. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, whether you're joining us here live or on the replay, we appreciate you every single week being here, part of our unfiltered family. As always, be sure to go be a part of the Facebook community at unfiltered Theunfilteredexperience.com. Go check us out. Make sure you're there in the Facebook group because when we're not having these conversations here, we're having those conversations on the Facebook group, and you guys are a part of the family. You guys are a part of the discussion. So, tonight's conversation is going to be fire. Tonight's conversation is going to be all about what's going on in the world today. Um, If you've been living under a rock, you might not have known about the school shooting that has happened here in the United States in Uvalde, Texas. We're going to be talking about that. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about opportunities and solutions for what we can all do in our own neighborhoods, in our own families, with our own selves to help find solutions and opportunities for these situations that we have going on in our world today not just here in the united states but all over the world that's what scott and i want to do every single week is bring these unfiltered conversations to you so that you get inspired to go do something in your neighborhood and together all of us become a part of the solution not part of the problem so thank you guys all for being here without any further ado we're going to introduce our guests and jump right into we got robert broker in the house he says what up he goes i missed almost missed this again uh, in front of the computer and one of my mobile devices was checking out someone making a friend request. Thank you, Robert, for being here. I appreciate you guys. And for the guys, those of you guys watching, you may be a little screwed up because my Facebook, my original Facebook profile, once again is in Facebook jail. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a tip: don't tell people that you will throat punch them if they are blocking you from getting to your kid and saving them because Facebook doesn't like that. So within 10 minutes of me posting that on a comment, somebody said, what would you do if somebody was stopping you from going inside that school to protect your kid? I said, I would throat punch every fucker that was in my way. 10 minutes later, I was in Facebook jail for 30 days again. So if you guys are a little confused, that's what's up. Go check me out on my alternate profile. Anyways, Scott, are you ready for this discussion tonight?
2: Christopher, I was
0: born ready. You were born ready. Born ready. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, massive mental health advocate and change attitude expert mr Jacques queer jacques what's going on brother welcome to the unfiltered experience once again you're a return guest and uh, we are excited to have here tonight for this passionate conversation that we hope that we can take what the three of us talk about here and impart some wisdom um, impart some opportunities for the people that are watching and listening to this tonight to go out in their own world and be an advocate for change in their own families and communities so welcome to the show tonight brother how are you
2: very good, A return guest. I like that. You guys are a glutton for punishment. And you keep bringing me on. So,
0: nah, we love you, man. We love you. We love people that are unfiltered. We love people that are passionate. <clears throat> that are out there on the streets, boots on, boots on the ground, doing stuff. You recently started a new organization. Tell us about that organization and why you started it.
2: Oh well, oh, my organization, um, Forest for Life, is obviously it's based on mental health. It's it's attacking. Mental health on multiple levels in our community, and I'm in upstate New York, and, um, you know, I created on my own after my own battles through the mental health minefield, including being bullied, drug addiction, depression, and multiple suicide attempts. So I turned all of the um, pain into purpose, I guess is the best way to put it.
0: Yes. Talk about it. Talk about that road to recovery. Talk about your mental health challenges and your journey and how you became the man you are today.
2: A lot of support. Um, actually, just reaching out and saying that you need support, just admitting that you need help. I mean, that, that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest um, blocking point for anybody. They're just afraid, especially men, to ask for help. We're just so afraid that society's going to deem us weak or wimpy or whatever it may be that you just need to, uh, you know, step up. I mean, that's my hashtag: man up, not shut up. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's enough of a uh, mess. Men being silent, you know, we've been silent for too long and holding all this in, and uh, it's time to just let it out and be okay with it, you know. And we talk it. about this all the time, the, the three mm-hmm. of us. We we're all vulnerable men. We've all shared our feelings, whether it be laughing, crying, being pissed off, whatever. The yeah. wide spectrum, you know. More men need to embrace that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, shotgun.
2: This weekend, um, I just uh, this past weekend, I had a, a men
1: men's retreat just for two days. You know, I wanted to make it gentle enough for people to come in and check it out. And every man who was at that event had a breakthrough. And through that breakthrough, there there were tears, there was laughter, there was, you know, shifts in their breath. They were like, "Wow, my my breaths are just longer and deeper naturally without thinking." I don't know what's going on. And and one of the things that I found from that was creating that safe space for men while still making it cool. You know, I had steaks. Yeah. I made ribeyes at night. Like I made it a men's environment with Whiskey. a very safe. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> do drinking. Well, actually that's not true. We broke out one bottle of wine because one guy insisted. Um, <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, you, you know, make, make it a safe place and, and literally guide them to spaces that for me, cause I'm, I'm in practice of this, you know, spaces that they haven't really been and the breakthroughs are just waiting. And so, When we see what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and we see what's happened across the United States, and we see the denial of what's going on, a big part of that is without question, we can talk further about that, you know, the the ease of getting guns. But another big part of that is the inability for us to process emotions and be present in ourselves. I don't want to say, um, especially for men, but being a man, I can say that a little more. I I don't want to say what women are feeling, um, but I can say this, I know, especially for men we're brought up to be badasses, brought up to be tough it is very difficult to go to another man and say can you provide a safe space for me to move through my emotion and and feel i mean it sounds insane like hey guys listen i'm i'm feeling really shitty um i've been giggling a lot if you notice when the show started i'm laughing whatever but i don't feel that i i feel a hell of a lot of sadness deep underneath me of what is going on this world and like you jacques i bet it's covered with a massive layer of anger and the sadness pushes up. And then the anger surfaces and everyone's like, you know, why are you acting like that? Whatever. That's my defense mechanism too. And so when we break through that and go underneath and we see that sadness and we release that mountain of just emotion, that's where those breakthroughs happen. So let's talk about that. You know, not everyone's going to go to a men's retreat. What, what kind of things can we start doing for the, the greater collective so we can move into spaces of safety so we're able to ask. We're able to process emotion. We're able to be proactive in what Chris said earlier. Be the change to avoid more stuff like what just happened in Uvalde, Texas. And not just people killing others, killing themselves, Jock. You know, you said it was suicide. It's all of
2: it. It's all of it. What do we do? Well, you know, I think uh, it, I it's – Yeah, it was. And, you know, kudos. I saw that, that men's uh, retreat, you know, and Super anything funny. like that is – And, you know, like, you know, even with the man up, not shut up. I don't like to call it a support group. I call it a brotherhood. It makes it feel more, you know, because you still have that masculine edge to it where it's, wow, it's a brotherhood. You know, we all stand together. We all stand, you know, uh, by each other's side. And I think, um, you know, that men's retreat, I'm actually planning one myself as well. And I think getting out and doing those things as a group. It's just like hanging out with your boys. You know what? You know, it's like, hey, you get five best friends. You got your out. You know, you do mountain bike and you do, you know, kayak and you do mountain climbing. Yeah, you throw some breath work in there and meditate, but you don't tell them that they have to go. You just set it up where these are. This is what we're offering. We'd love for you to come and, you know, enjoy everything and experience everything that we're offering here. But that's totally up to you. And I think once we leave it up to them and especially for men to make the choice of their own rather than dictate to them what they have to do. That's a huge uh, key to opening, unlocking that door.
0: Mm-hmm. Like what that. have you found in the group since, since starting the Brotherhood? Because I've been a part of that. What have you found in the group? What have been the common responses from the men coming into the group and recognizing what it is that you're trying to do for them and with them?
2: Well, you know, it's funny that Scott brought a breakthrough. So I, I had, um, I actually had, well, I'll just use one, for example. So uh, he's about maybe uh, early 30s and I had I had run into him out one time. Um, and, uh, convinced him to join the group because he was, um, ex army dealing with PTSD, drinking six nights a week, marital problems, you know, the old same thing that we hear from a lot of people that yeah. that experienced that. And, uh, we started talking myself and my brother-in-law, who's a retired Marine as well. And, and, and I helped him come out of his shell. And, and he started, uh, really mentoring this, this younger man, Um, uh, we'll speed it up a little bit. And we ran into him two weeks ago. So this was three weeks after the initial conversation. And, I run into him in the same place and he's smiling. And I said, Tim, how's everything going? I can use his name because no one else is going to know him other than the three of us. And uh, he goes, listen, he goes, I cut all the hard liquor out. I'm down to two days a week drinking. I said, that's great. That's little victories. That's what we want. Baby steps. Yep. Um, he goes, I went and saw a psychologist. I'm, I'm taking a class for my PTSD. My wife and I are getting along better. I yeah. see. I said, because, and the difference is, this was back to what Scott's saying. We can tell men, or we can tell anyone, this is what you need. This is what you have to do until you wake up and realize that you made the choice yourself. Mm -hmm. that and and that's what i said to him i said you woke up and said i don't want to do this anymore i want to be better and that's why you're where you're at now and this kid's on top of the world right now and it made me like i'm getting goosebumps now because i you know i had a part in making a difference in his life and that's what we do our work for right is to make a difference in people's lives and and get them to see what we are trying to accomplish you know not only as individuals but as a community especially on the mental health aspect
0: so here's
1: a question for you Jacques, because we've got um We've got a lot of people, you know, who are listening or who are going to listen to this. And we've all heard the old, you know, cliche that uh, you've got to hit rock bottom before you actually come to surface to make the choice for yourself. Um, I, I don't like to fully believe that everybody has to do that. How can we get somebody who hasn't fully hit rock bottom but is clearly suffering to awaken to make that choice without forcing the need? Because... I mean, there's things that I've definitely hit rock bottom on to make my shift. You know, Chris, I'm on the same exact boat. Same thing, Jacques. You know, we've we've had that, like, whoa, did we have to go here? Like, we all (laughs) want to be able to help somebody at the halfway point to rock bottom when the need surfaces without saying you need it. Just saying, would you like an invitation to this pathway? what are some tips or what are some things
2: that we can do to maybe inspire change before the rock bottom occurs? <laughs>
0: That's a great point, Scott.
2: <clears throat> that is a great point because I'll tell you what, with what you just said, I didn't want to hit rock bottom. I didn't want to be where I was until I came out. Believe me, I don't think any of us did. And I think no, no, one, no. Rock, rock bottom is, is like the pits of hell. I mean, you, you don't want to be there. Oh, um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, and we don't want to, again, just say men, but we always talk about men, but I just think anybody, if you start feeling out of sorts in any capacity, something's just really bothering. You, it's nagging. What go away reach out to somebody it doesn't have to be mm. your wife or your husband it could be a friend it could be you know a, a work colleague it could be your son or daughter it could be anybody just to voice your opinion and say listen can we just sit down and talk you know and, and you know what we all you know we all want to speak you're a great speaker chris is a great speaker i'm a great speaker but you know what you need to be a good listener a listener yep. amen we can we can sit here and spout off all we want and I'm not saying that it's not well documented and founded but you know what Sometimes people just want to say, will you shut the fuck up and just let me talk? And, and you know what? That's fine. And, uh, I, you know, I just think that if you start feeling, and, and I don't mean depressed or sad, just in, anything is out of sorts, and you just don't feel yourself, it doesn't hurt to reach out to somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. 90% of people do have a heart that are going to say, hey, yeah, I'll sit and listen to you. You may find one or two that are just like, don't want to be bothered with you, but don't let that turn you out. Keep going until you find that person that's going to listen to you. It's gonna help you, you know. I mean, that's what we're all doing is aiding people on their paths. Everyone's path is different. My path isn't your path or Chris's path. We've all traveled different paths to get where we are. But if we can give them tools to help them along the way, you know, I think we're making a step in the right direction. Shark, I don't know if you saw, but there's uh, there's an amazing video that um you know how like when
1: you're you're thinking about something, the universe always plugs it in, whether it's through real life, social media, whatever. It's um, it's by Orvis, the company. that's like an REI type company, whatever Orvis, but you can look it up. It's Orvis. OK, they have a video and it says, what if they what if they know? And it's a 12 minute video. It's like a movie. It won all these awards. I think it's called I shared it um, on social media. Yeah, but um, I saw that. Yeah. It so it's like 12 minutes. If you haven't listened to it yet or seen it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. So it's about a guy. OK, and he's telling his story. What if they know? And so he's a like a really well-known, you know, fishing instructor. He teaches fly fish fishing. He's very successful, but he's bipolar. Mm-hmm. And so he's always on edge. What if I fuck up? What if I make a mistake? What if I have a manic head? What if I so his whole life is just under stress? And he really wished he could just say, hey, if I start acting like this, no different than a diabetic, like, hey, give me an orange juice or. But what it is, right. we see it so horrific. And the bipolar is one great example, because. That's something that many people are or have some degree of that or anxiety or depression or whatever it is. But if we could just lead with our reality without judgment, and again, that's going to take some time, but that's a big question. What if they know? And so when we go ask and we're like, what if this is bigger than I think? What if this is just the tip of the iceberg? What if this is, you know, I've got a family to feed. If my boss finds out, if they think I'm not, that's got to be a big factor. And then so. So how do we circumvent, that? like how do we go to somebody? How do we speak to somebody? How do we connect with the right people? Because listen, we, we put up a freaking bravado and an identity that, hey, I'm superstar manager guy and I'm infallible and you can't touch me or whatever we've decided we think we are. How can we go to a space of spirit and say this identity and this title doesn't mean shit. My sanity, my support, my love for others, my connection, my brilliance means everything. That's a really hard jump. So so where do we go with that? I, I do want everyone to watch that movie because if, if you know somebody that is anybody in that film, you're going to see someone in that film go, that's me, that's my wife, that's my friend. And, and you're going to see it, it's the best 12 minutes I've ever seen in my life. It's that good.
0: Damn. But All right, I'm going to go find it and post no, it No, it's here. that good. Yeah, right? mean, My
1: wife watched it, my daughter watched it. I was, It's that good. But so what do we do there? Because, you know, we're asking people to take the leap. Yep. Don't wait to hit rock bottom, but at least rock bottom, you're shielded at that point because everything fell apart. And you're like, well, fuck it. Now I have nothing to lose. How do we go with confidence knowing a little bit of our world might shift? A little bit of our world might break down to truly
2: heal. It's a scary place for, for any of us. Well, yeah. And I, and I think the biggest, what is our biggest roadblock as humans? Fear. Yeah. Fear. We, fear is our fear. biggest role at anything. We're always, if you want to go to another job, what stops us? We're afraid to walk out that door and take that step because we don't know what's on the other side of that door. Oh yeah. You know, and it, you know, it's like a roundabout point, but I was talking to a buddy of mine a while back and one of my biggest, um, issues that I have with myself is I have a hard time losing people close to me. It's not the, mm-hmm. the, the, sort of the death aspect, but I just, I've always had a hard time dealing with it. And it stems from losing both parents and you know, my my mom was 47 years old you know, um, died of breast cancer. My dad was 2013. I've lost multiple cousins to uh, heroin overdoses. We can go down the list. Uh, I can't bring myself to go to wakes if there's someone close to, and i have a hard time dealing with that. And I had bounced some ideas off this a buddy of mine. And, um, you know, he said, well, you know, maybe you should go see somebody yourself and this is going to go to your point. So I said to him, I go, wow, man, how's that going to look? You know, I'm a mental health advocate and I'm out here talking about everything. Now, isn't that sort of going to look weak if I go, man, I got to go out and see somebody about an issue. And he goes, no. And, you know, I wasn't looking at, it. I was looking at it like you just talked about being scared of holy shit. Like people like say Scott or wow, what are they going to think of me, man? This guy's going in to see, I'll feel like Tony Soprano, like the, the icon. <laughs> oh no, the iconic guy. And he had to do it on the slide. And, uh, my buddy just said, "Listen, people are going to look even, you know, stronger to you. They're going to back even more, realizing that someone on where you're talking from that precipice that you you're going out and seeking help, even though you're helping everybody else." So lead by example. So I I did that. I put some calls in and I'm going to go see somebody and I'm going to start talking about the issue that I have. And that's an issue. And I think that will resonate with people because of what we do, what the the work that we're trying to do. They're going to look back and go, well, these guys are all out here talking about all of this stuff and they're loading all of their baggage out on society. And yet they're admitting that they need they still need help and they still need tools to help them. Comply Amen. with life. I think that I think leading by example is a huge proponent, especially for men. I know we go back to that, but men are,
1: you know. We I love are, that. Yeah. That vulnerability is the strength. And just uh, to answer Andrew's question, she was asking, what's the name again? Um, to make it easy for you guys, I just actually shared it in the Unfiltered Experience page. So don't forget to go to the uh, Unfiltered Experience if you're not uh, signed up and following us and that. do it. So I shared that uh, video. It's called If I Tell Them. If I Tell Them. So it's, I mean, think about how many of our brains right now are saying, if I tell them in how many capacities, you know, like, what about you starting to date somebody, if I tell them I was diagnosed with this, or, or sometimes I have manic episodes, or sometimes I have panic attacks, like, we all hide something, you know, yeah. and, and, and the truth is, it's, it's, it's well founded, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a scary thing. Like, if I say this, will they like me? And at the end of the day, you've got to slowly, reveal your truth it's just how do you do that
2: well and you know and that's the thing too i don't want you know people that watch that that do um that do uh, are watching now or do this down the road i have to say from my personal experience when i shared and i'm going to use my suicide attempts it actually slipped out on a live video when i was talking about something else and i and i sort of stopped live and i went in my own head and said you know what i'm going to go with it okay. and i put it out there and i will going to tell you what Um, And it's not just because I'm tooting saying my story is any different, but to share, you know, your suicide attempts on in front of tens of thousands of people on Facebook. And I Mm -hmm. let it go. And I woke up to the outpouring the next day of people that were not only close to me, but all across the world that, you know, hey, I can't believe you did that. You're so brave. Or, hey, we didn't know. Every time we see you on these videos, you're smiling like you said, Mm -hmm. you're laughing. And it goes back to the many faces of the clown. We can we can we can hide it. Well, people that deal with mental health can hide it very well. Very. um, So I think to those people out there that if you are suffering and you are afraid, don't be afraid. I'm not going to say that your experience is going to be the same as mine, but I'll tell you what, when I let that go, that was one of the biggest, biggest things I could ever get off of my chest. And man, it felt like uh like two tons of shit. Just I mean, it just exuded off of me and I felt so much better. And now. I'm an open book about everything because I shared one of my deepest, darkest secrets with tens of thousands of people. And there was more positive and negative that came out of it. So I'm going to tell those people out there, if you do share it, you may have some negative. You may have people say you're weak or I can't believe you did. But you know what? They don't matter. They don't matter. The true ones that matter are the ones that will support you because 20% of all Americans, I looked this up earlier, are dealing with a mental health illness. So 20%, that's one-fifth of all American youth and adults deal with a diagnosed mental health illness. So you're not alone. Yeah.
0: So so true. And when you think about that, when you think about that, Jock, and you think about your own personal experience and thank you for being that way. That's the same way I've I've just been vulnerable and just told people because people have been coming to me like, Oh, you're always so positive and you're always you always got the answers. You always have so much energy. And I'm like, You don't see me the other twenty three hours of the day. You see me for a little bit. You see me for a little part of it. You don't see the way that I struggle and everything else. And I've been honest with people. And then as a a result, doing the clubhouse room, the men's clubhouse room for the last year, we've had so many conversations where people like, wow, you're such a dude's do and you guys are all tough, but you guys are sitting here being vulnerable and sharing your weakest moments. You're right. I mean, leading by example is so massively important. The question I have for you guys, I want to take a little turn on this thinking about what happened in uvalde texas and thinking about you know the responsibility like i said at the top of the show the responsibility we all have as the component of mental health you know we sit there and want to blame the government the government's not doing enough for mental health you know we need more of this we need more of that and thinking about it you know is it our responsibility here when we know somebody who is challenged with mental health to maybe get them mental health Help without them, you know, actually being on board with it. So, take the example like, if somebody knew that this guy was mentally challenged and he was thinking about blowing up a school or going and shooting people, do you guys feel it's a responsibility of the people that are close to them to notify authorities that if this pet- guy is potentially dangerous and will cause harm to other people?
2: Uh, you know, I that you know, it's that's one what of those, I'm frustrated with. No, I know, and it's one of those tough calls because if it's a yeah. family member, if it's your son, if it's your daughter, if it's your wife or husband. So now you're on that boundary of morals and what society. You know, honestly, I think that if there was enough red flags. Seeing that after what just happened, and we can go back to Sandy Hill and Columbine and write down the list. Oh yeah, I think son, daughter, white, whatever. I think I would have to, as much as it would hurt me. I mean, think how many lives you could save. And you just, I mean, you're looking at 19 lives plus his grandmother that he shot before he actually went to the school. So 20 mm-hmm. lives, and. Somebody mentioned, I can't remember where I watched it, said, well, there was there was no red flags. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I'm like, you got to be shitting me. The first red flag was an 18-year-old kid going into a, a gun store saying, hey, I need two semi-automatic weapons with extended cartridges. It was two different
1: times. It was two a, different times. But
2: with extended cartridges. But that's what I'm
1: but two times. So there's two opportunities for whoever was selling it. Then 350 units of ammo, I believe it was. Yeah. The whole point is there's multiple... It's almost like, here I am, here I am, here I am. Uh, the old friends, like, they were talking about he was driving around the streets of Uvalde with a BB gun shooting random people. Yeah. Like, okay, you're the guy, someone's driving with him. Okay, yeah. obviously, if you're driving he's doing that, you think it's funny, but it's kind of like, we all have that friend, or we have a friend that I don't want to say is that crazy, but you know the one who kind of laughs a little, like, longer when the joke's over and you're like, you're a girl That's like, what I'm that talking about. about. There, <laughs> wasn't that there's, funny, there's, so so I, I, I'm going back to like high school and I'm like, hey, hey, bro, you know, you, you, that, that's not OK. You know, like, hey, I get it. I get it. But you you can't drive like without sharing too much of like who it is. Like I had a friend who, who was going into become a policeman and he was driving around one day driving where he just bought a new Mustang and he's shooting stop signs. OK, what's behind that stop sign? He thought it was funny. He's like, boo, 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 And I'm like, stop, dude. Stop, stop.
0: <laughs> Like with real bullets?
1: Real effing bullets. And the gun that was given to me was like, like becoming a police officer. And oh. so my point being is he's no longer with us. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, the, the point being is that this kind of stuff, we, we have to call it out. We have to have the conversations. I don't know exactly who you turn people into, whatever it is. But I will say the one boundary is very simple. And it's something that's asked when people are going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. One of the big questions is, do you intend to do harm to yourself? Do you intend to do harm to others? Do you have, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Like, not dreams or thoughts of harming yourself or thoughts of harming others. So there's intention and thought. If that's a reality, like, as soon as that comes up anywhere, maybe those are questions to ask, a, you know, a friend. You know, maybe we just say, mm-hmm. hey, do you ever feel like harming others? Because if that's their norm and they say that, maybe we start asking questions when we see, like, weird behavior. Like, do you ever just want to hurt other people and go, I hear you? Just say, I hear you. You don't have to, like... And then figure out where you go from there. Because I know this. I might be like, yeah, I get pissed off and I'm not really going to hurt somebody. That's my answer. Like, I don't want to go maybe in a fight in a gym or something. But I I don't want to shoot people in the face because I'm having a bad day. Right. So maybe we literally ask the question outright because this kid was saying it. He was Mm -hmm. saying it to people on social media going, I'm going to let it fly. I'm going to let it rip. I'm going to go crazy. So I think we're all like, whatever. Like, this guy's nuts. and, And that's it. You're right. Whatever, this guy's nuts. Mm. This guy's losing his shit. I mean, those this fuckers need to be held accountable.
0: I this believe is not
1: easy. It's a shift in how we see and how we behave. I think what happens is we literally kind of go into shock because let's say that we're all having a beer and one of us says something like, "I'm gonna go eat that guy's face." You're gonna be like, "All right, dude." Right. <laughs> well, what if I really am? Or I'm gonna go? I'm gonna go shoot the fuck out of this place. These people suck. We might just laugh.
0: I'll be like, "Do you have a gun?" I mean, my first question. Right. <laughs> but
1: but but what I'm saying is, like, this is what it is. Like, when, yeah. when something's so outrageous, I think just the same thing where the the cops like kind of froze and like took so long. I think we say what we'd do, we'd go fight, we'd do this. I, I think I know everything I would do, but I think sometimes things are so outrageous that we're like, what the fuck did he just say? Did he say he's gonna just eat my face? And if he did. Maybe we got to question the fact you can't be eating people's faces, you can't be shooting up malls, you can't like I I think that's really what it is. I think it goes from he's just being crazy because we can't even conceptualize and that's probably where the issue is that we have to start to normalize questions
2: and and trust what people are saying and move on that trust. Well, I think what Chris Well, well I think what Chris said and, and the thing that's different for the three of us talking about this is that we're a little different than the average person because we sort of know a lot of the warnings, you know what I mean? Like we, I think we would catch on and it's not to say that we're better than anyone else. I'm just saying no. from what we've done, the work that we've done, hyper aware. You know, w- yeah. We're definitely going to catch on to things. And I think rather than even turn somebody in, I think we're going to try our best to do, you know, on right. our own to help those sure. individuals, whoever that may be. So I, you know, I think that's, for the average person, that's a tough call. I mean, I agree with sort of what, what Scott says about, you know, maybe in that moment, like, we don't believe that it's really going to happen. You know, how many times, like you said, is somebody, I'm going to go punch this dude in the family, go knock his fucking teeth, and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever, dude. You know,
0: same thing. Well, punishing um, somebody's one thing, but saying they're they're showing yeah. pictures of guns and stuff like that. But, but see, I here's pers- the thing: I'm personally so fired up that they should be responsible for it because where's the accountability? Oh, I knew that person was going to do that. I knew, like, they're just sitting there, fucking, like, oh, I'm so sorry, but they didn't do shit to do it. How do we define that? Because I
1: I agree with you, Chris, but I'm trying to put myself in situations yeah. where people have said batshit crazy stuff. The problem we we it's so normalized. We live in a batshit crazy world where's the gauge and that's why i'm saying maybe maybe what we do is you know we talk about we need to learn about finance in schools emotional health management all these things maybe there's a certain criteria of questions we start asking people when they because think of this if i'm about to go to like i said i'm about to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or or somebody's about to do that what if we're kind of learning as a collective to ask those kind of intake type questions as kids so when a kid's sitting here and you're saying do you feel like killing yourself? Like if the kid says, I, I really want to die and go, well, what would you do about that? And even like as kids, if we start asking questions that will guide people, then we can say, Hey, Mrs. Barnes, I think Stephen needs help. He's not feeling good. He feels like, I know it sounds nuts, but, but is it? I think we've come so far that we're like, nah, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. That the outcome is everything has not been fine for this individual. And we've just said, he's a guy, he's fine. She's just crying because she's a girl, All this stereotypical bullshit and then boom. So to avoid the boom, this has to start way back when not mm-hmm. just sitting at a bar going, you're really going to eat people's faces or is this a joke? Mm-hmm. For it's some true. reason, I'm just hooked on that. Eat people's faces thing. Yeah, I know. It, 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 it it just making, right. he's, he's making me nervous. Thank God. He's it just <laughs> felt right to say it. Oh, maybe that's the, pro- maybe do we need use to barbecue ask you
0: Let me ask this. Uh, B- uh, Scott, do you eat barbecue sauce or are you a ranch guy?
1: I like a spicy barbecue that's
2: real peppery, personally. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's start calling them Spicy Scott. <laughs> <laughs> spicy Scott. <laughs> spicy Scott. Well, you know what's the thing been is, your
0: experience, Jock? Have you I mean you, you've obviously ran into some of these people? Have you ever ran into somebody you're like? okay, do I report this guy or not? Because I understand that it's a, it's a very difficult situation, but at the same time, there's got to be some accountability. There can't be just always blaming everybody else for why it's happening when it's happening in our own houses, in our own homes. It's like, I didn't know Jeffrey was in his bedroom making bombs. I didn't know Jeffrey was on. I mean, what the fuck is that? Those parents should be held accountable. Like if you know, you can report it anonymously. I mean, when we think about that, I mean, the mental health, It's we're so fearful of saying shit. The cancel culture, like, I don't want to say anything. It's not my place. You know, it's not my responsibility. If, then all of a sudden we're all, oh, well, let's pray for these people. What the fuck are we going to do about it? What are we proactively going to do about it in the situation moving forward? And the people that are watching and listening to this, we want to inspire them to be able to say, okay, here's something you can do. Like you said, Scott, asking questions. But the personal accountability and responsibility for knowing that somebody's out there that potentially could do harm, like, I didn't really think he was going to do it. Well, guess what? I would listen. I
2: I would feel worse not seeking help for that individual than being on the other end of that after they just shot nineteen people and feeling like shit. Going, man, I could have stopped that. Like I could have at least helped to try to prevent this, or maybe taken the steps to get this person the help they needed. So if you're looking from that vantage point, if I had to live with one or the other, I'd rather have someone be pissed off at me that I went and got them help behind their back then have them come out and commit that horrific scene that just happened in Texas. So uh, there's, there's your answer to that question. You just asked. And you yeah, got can... an- another point on top of that too. You know, we, we were sharing
1: a quote before we got on air, we were talking about that importance of when we have kindness and compassion for all, that's how love gets spread. And so I think if we come at that from a compassionate kind point with the intention that, that we're in service to that person, we're not doing it as some like penalty. I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, you're messed up. I'm saying, Hey, I want to see you healed. I don't want to see you have to live like this because I know this doesn't feel good for you. I can see the pain. If you're coming at it literally as a person who wants to see a healed world, then that's going to spread love. So there's no downside to it. There might be some friction in the moment, but there's going to be friction in the change of this universe as we we make this a better place to be existing. Mm-hmm. So it's it has to happen. I, I don't think there's any other way. I think you're you're on point.
0: Well, I and mean in we, in here, we, Aaron says it right here. She says. Or, yeah, it says, all uh, absolutely yes. If I heard someone say those things, I would act. However, there is a fine balance between someone saying something crazy and someone doing the crazy with multiple other red flags. Yes. Yeah. Thank you this for is, being uh, here, There right? might be
1: some like a certain amount of flags we need to see before we do it too. Cause everybody says something nuts. You know, right. sometimes I'd say, right. like, I like dude, I'm just fucking kill that person. There's babble and then there's, I want to kill that person. Mm-hmm. And here's how. And I wrote a letter about it and have seven posts about it that's starting to get a little more real. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I agree. I don't mean to laugh,
2: but that, that's true. No, because like, and, and you know, we Prisco, all say something well, dumb. Well, but this whole thing has been a blame game. Everything's society's a blame game, everyone's got to blame somebody. Oh, yeah. So now we're going mm-hmm. down this road where we got we're gonna blame guns and we're blaming mental health. There's not one singular mm-hmm. thing that led to this, okay? Right. It's a combination of things. We are talking about mental health because that's what we do, but no sane individual gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to go buy a gun and shoot up a school. Okay. I don't care. Whoever wants to disagree with that. You don't just wake up one day and get the thought, Hey, I'm going to go shoot up a school. It doesn't happen. I'm sorry. It doesn't happen.
0: And those are smart people. So where is the mental health in that? I was reading a study on it before. I'm not going to quote it. Uh, But it was saying there, it was talking about the fact that if it's mental health, these people are cognitively aware of the planning and the preparation and the scoping of the school and everything like, is that mental health or is that intention? Like, so that what what is your definition of mental health in this situation, John? Because you're foremost an expert on it. When I think about that, it's like, was the guy mentally ill or was he fucking just like in his brain and that's what he wanted to do?
2: Well, I mean, again, I think there's there's signs. And if you've dealt enough with people with depression or addiction or suicidal ideologies, you know, there's red flags that the normal, per, the normal person doesn't catch on to. And I, and I always use this example of, Uh, say if your child comes home one day and he's like, ah, dad, I don't want to eat dinner tonight. So we'll automatically just slough it off as he might have a stomach bug and we send him on his way. Uh, say your kids play football every year and he comes to you and says, Hey dad, I'm not really feeling playing football, you know, this year. Uh, you know what? Maybe he just lost interest. We always shuff everything off as well. It's just this. It's just that it's just that we have to stop with the, just this, just that shit and dig deeper and come out and talk to your children. I'm using children because that's what we're talking about. Sit down with them and say, hey, listen, is everything okay? Is everything going all right with school? Let's have that discussion. Let's take 15 minutes out of our busy schedule, quote, unquote. We should never be too busy for our children. You know, that's the bottom line. And I don't think we dig deep enough. Or if it's something we don't want to hear, we shut down conversations with our kid. If they give an opinion, you're like, that's it. You know what? Conversations ended. Go to your room.
1: You know You'll I got have a question played. for both of you guys, and I want I, to—I I, want to—I want to I throw ourselves under the bus here because we, we don't do enough of that.
0: We do it. Let's, let's
1: let let's let's each give our. You guys lead. What are the top five things that you think? Just give your list, and then we can talk through it. What's the list of the top five things that contributed to Uvalde, Sandy Hook, all of these things? Like literally, top five points, and let's talk through that because because again, we've all said one thing. It's not one thing. What do you think of the top five? Put them in an order that you think just throw through it
2: in an order. Oh, man, I don't know if it's it doesn't is. have to be a perfect order.
1: <laughs> I don't know about, there's an
2: SAT
0: question, Scott.
1: <laughs> no, no. The, the reason I'm asking this is because everyone's coming with one thing. Sure, and I'd yeah. like to see if we can walk through the balance of let's pick these things and walk through them together. Because because I'd like to see if we could just kind of put the ingredients together and show what simultaneous work and five issues could potentially look like because here's the deal. Everyone's going, if we do this, okay. Anytime you do one thing, it's kind of like building a dam, but only building in the middle. It's going to come right. around the sides. Like you've got to build the whole thing at once. So what are the five ingredients that could seriously reduce what's going on in this world in the United States now, not like an example of what well, we could be like Denmark or why does Australia work and what's different mm-hmm. over there right now in the U S as a whole.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, two of the things are going to stand out right away are going to be gun control and mental health. I mean, we already sure. know that. Uh, I think your um, your social inequalities with people, I think, you know, the way you're brought up financially and, and otherwise. Um, I think your home life, if you've had any kind of abusive um, in any capacity, just, just home life in general, I think the way you're brought up um, has a lot to do with or could have a lot to do with this. Uh, Now I got to get a fifth one. Chris isn't helping at all. I just dropped four, and I'm waiting for Chris to chime in. Chris, I'm I'm letting you listen. (laughs) Oh man, I'm trying to get the fifth one, but I think there's at least good four ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Four's good. Four's good. I'm not pushing. We'll we'll pop more. Yeah, I'll think.
0: I I think the first one that that comes to my mind is is love. Like I said before, you know, the self-love aspect. If people have love and significance in their life, are they really going to be that troubled to go out there and want to hurt other people? So I, like you said, to your point, Jock, you know, the home life and what, what, what's going on at home, that's the first responsibility. That's why I was saying, if we know people that are in our families and our extended communities who are suffering and thinking this way, then we have a moral obligation, an ethical obligation, a legal obligation really to, to either get those people help or to find help for them. I think, number two, to your point, you know, if mental health, if, if all the politicians are sitting there espousing, it's mental health, you know, all the, you know, these fucktards out there saying this, which is which is true, then what are we as a community doing to hold these politicians accountable to say, OK, what mental health bills have you passed? What mental health opportunities have you had? We have access to guns. We don't have access to mental health care it's a, it's an issue. They keep reporting it and saying it, but what the fuck are they doing about it? You know, the other problem is the fact that the society has created this, the stigma, like you said before about weakness, about, you know, being vulnerable, you know, these people in the, in the, in the schools and the houses and everything else need to start teaching these kids that it's, that it's okay to say that you're in trouble. It's okay to say you're in need. It's okay to open your mouth and let people know that. I think the other aspect of it really is the the role that quote-unquote news media has to play in this you know what 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 they're what they're doing and what they're espousing is fucking crap no matter who you listen to it's all bullshit it's all perpetuated on the fact that fear causes them to make money so when you think about the the deep-rooted issue of here you have 50 senators like chris murphy said from the senate floor the fucking night this happened i was blown away he's like what are we doing what are we doing? We're politicians in this world that can make change. We have a bill that's, that would require universal background checks, but these fucking senators are so deep in the, in the pockets of NRA that, they, that they're saying, no, 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 we have to protect this bullshit. So I think it has to start with us. Again it has to go back to us to sit there and hold our politicians accountable for the promises that they make and the lies that they do. I know I'm, I'm pointing the finger right at myself in my local community. I want to change the world, but in my local community do I have a voice do I have an opportunity? do I have a vote? actually I have I have um, I have this thing. It's called a vote. It's called an election. So I could sit there and look at my elected officials and sit there and take responsibility for if they make a campaign promise to say that we're going to, you know, invest in mental health and the kids in the elementary schools and do these things, then we should hold them accountable for what we do. And I'm pointing the finger. at myself, Oh, OK, I'm going to go on to my next thing. So I think I think the biggest issue is that it starts with us and starts with us holding those people accountable and finding out what the fuck's going on.
2: Well, it's a problem, though. You're not going to you know, try to hold. And I just had a, a discussion with uh, somebody that deals with the assembly here in New York earlier. I just have a chance meeting. You never know who you're going to meet. Right. And as soon as I brought up mental health, he's like, thank you. Because he goes, <laughs> well, we're we going you know, because everybody gun control is the easier issue. They're going to take the easy out. It's easier to talk about gun control and to sit there and try to. Control us with, hey, you can own a gun, you can own a gun, then talk about mental health because it's a taboo topic and nobody wants to fucking address it. I had a parent the other day in the gym, tell me, I can go where, I forgot where he was, he might have been in Texas, but he was somewhere, he went away, he goes, I could buy my daughter a shotgun quicker than I could find her a psychologist. Yeah. Oh That's, God! Yeah. That is it's fucking a, awful. Texas
1: is 50th in mental health. health I read country. that earlier. I read if that. Some, if somebody if somebody's on Medicaid or Medicaid, like a kid's on Medicaid. So watch this. You have a panic attack at school. You're losing your shit. You're waiting a year to see somebody. Six months minimum in Texas. Yeah. So you have a breakdown. You're losing your shit in six months. But I could buy a gun the same day without anybody thinking twice because I've never been diagnosed as whatever. It's mm-hmm. absolutely insane. And yeah. Abbott's sitting here saying metal, mental health, mental health and saying, we don't need guns. We need more guns. We need to fortify or <laughs> harden the schools. I mean, listen, I'm listening to this. These are the same people that wouldn't invest in the Go Love Now program into schools. You know why they said? I'm going to just walk through this. They have a program I'd already called No Place for Hate. OK, listen to that. In two, There's, there's, there's no place for hate. There's three operative words for there. No place and hate. Two right. of those words are negative.
0: Exactly. So what do
1: you think kids hear when you say no place for hate? You said it earlier with needs. If I say, hey, shock, you know what you need to do? You're going to go, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so when I come <laughs> into a school and there's tough kids in the school causing trouble and I say no place for hate, they're going, I'm going to hate some shit hard. <laughs> yep. And I walk in, I say, go love now. What do you think they do at first? They laugh at me and they go, what do you know? And then I tell them my stories and they're like, Bro, man, you know, I, I I hear you. You're lit, bro. And th- these gangster kids are taking their hoods off, hugging me. And so the problem starts up top with people who are being funded by the NRA for this shit, won't support mental health, want to make sure we have standardized tests, but won't do anything to increase what Chris talked about with self-love, and it's all bullshit. And there's one more thing that drives me crazy that we haven't added to the list. Bring it. Almost I don't want to say everybody. I, I like. I try not to do these like big, okay. So many people I am hearing are coming back and saying the same thing. Religion, more Jesus, more this, more that, more this. Listen, listen, hold on a second. If you really believe in Jesus, or you really believe in God, or you believe in anything, you were created in the image of. You are a fractal or a perspective point of this God. So why are you saying thoughts and prayers instead of thinking or meditating into action.
0: Yeah. action. You are
1: the change. This is not fucking rocket science. So Chris said this to start. You've echoed this, Jock. The minute we start to say, "I'm going to do something today in my own community," because I'm tired of this bullshit, that's when change happens. And and we're getting there because I'm seeing people stepping in.
0: Mm-hmm. My
1: favorite is I don't I don't even know if I like Beto. I don't. At least he got up and told Abbott to f off. Oh, and awesome. f off. So good. Listen, I don't even know that I like him. You know, when someone comes up and I'm like, "I'm glad you said that." I don't know if I like you yet, right. but I do like what he said because it was truth. Maybe he's not the person to do it. You know, it's kind of like Biden coming in. Listen, Trump's disgusting. Period. I don't care what. I'm tired of listening to the being in the middle of this stuff. He's a disgusting human being, and mm-hmm. he's a mirror for too many people. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying Biden's the solution by any means. Yeah. But what I will say is I'm glad Trump's not there. Now we got to fix the bleeding at hand. No question. But here's the reality. That man was a demon. And those people who are sitting being mirrors to him and saying, oh, what do you don't like bad words? You don't like this. You've got to be kidding me. This shit that's going on right now is because of the stuff that was coming out of people like his mouth. It's filthy and it's echoed and it's it's in society now that that's in society. And I'm very
0: pervasive. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm absolutely. Here, I want to, sh- I want to show you guys. I want to show you guys something here, real quick. Um, no,
2: that's all right. You can fire it up. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me show you, let me show
0: you something. This is something I found. This is on. Uh, I can't remember what the website. You guys can see it up there a little bit. So this is. Um, it says gun violence makes U.S. an outlier, not mental illness. So this is interesting. This is relative to other OECD countries. I think they're developed countries. Um, here's like here's the mental health aspect, and here's the gun. Here's the here's the the shooting aspect. So mental health in. I think this is from. So the blue part is mental health disorders per 100,000, and this one's uh, all firearms related to per yeah. 100,000. I think this is from 2017. And it talks about, okay, so mental health issues, 2133, uh, mass shootings at that time, uh, 559. And these are developed countries. So, 20, so 2022, over here, France, 83. Yeah. Um, Sweden, 2011, 52. I mean, so you can see so in a sense, you know, it is saying that the fact that we're not doing anything about gun control, but at the same time, what are we doing about the mental health aspect of it? God, you know, and I think that is something that we need to key in upon. And I think that also the fact that the responsibility of the fact that it's, you know, we want to blame everybody else, but we can take the responsibility in our own house, and our own communities. Sure. This is something I've even been pointing <coughs> to the mirror myself. And I've talked to Scott about this. Like, I want to go out there and save the world, but I don't even know my neighbors, yeah. So I'm thinking like, okay, I want to do, I'm on the board for help heal humanity. I'm thinking about community for humanity, like walking around to my neighbors and saying, Hey, listen, Chris, I'm a Chris, I'm a coach. I can do these things. I can help you. You know, if there's ever a situation like trying to help our local communities, what do you guys think about that? Like grassroots, like fuck the government, everything else, like grassroots. We go out there and help our own communities.
1: Nextdoor.com. I mean, just it's yep. already started for you. Go to next door and just, just yep. say, Hey, why don't we have an ice cream social? We did it. We had an ice cream social. We do it every year. My wife started. I'm not taking credit. It's an ice cream social for all our neighbors and we invite the police so the police tell how they they work in our community. It's insane. And now we know the police. We know all our neighbors. So I can steal shit and I don't even get in trouble because they're my friend. It's (laughs) perfect. It's perfect. Did I just say that out loud?
2: I think you did. (laughs) Somebody heard it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Everything was true until my last silly comment. Yeah, (laughs) That's how you started right there. What do you think, Jacques? I mean, it's working here.
2: Listen, I'm all for it. And it's it's funny because I have I was talking to a a friend of mine, actually, uh, one of the other guys on the he's on my chair committee for my nonprofit. And um, I said, man, we really got to do something. So what we're what we're thinking of doing is hosting a demonstration, a rally right here. Uh, I haven't brought it up yet. I have to contact the police department. And uh, it's just going to be all on, on mental health. And we're going to bring everybody together and it's inviting the whole community. And I want people to bring their kids out and I want people to families to come out, educators to come out, almost like an outdoor assembly. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to bring speakers up that deal with mental health and how we can address it, things we can change the way we can address it in our community. So I'm already working on that already. And I think it's going to be huge right here in my community. So Stop. I'm on it. You know what I was just thinking? That's where you show that movie.
1: So you you actually have a movie that the whole because there's nothing a kid can watch that and right. it's just saying hey this person's suffering how do we and it's showing different characters yeah. once you watch it that you know you get one of those big blow up screens or whatever yeah. watch the movie have a few speakers it's only twelve minutes so yeah even add me can get through twelve minutes actually I got through ten and then I fought through the last two but I did it
2: well so. you know the the way I was looking at it too is you know I, and the reason I want families and kids there is because kids are going to see how us as adults handle situations like this.
1: Amen. Yeah.
2: And if we lead by example and we show them that we can come out and, yeah, they may not understand all the jargon and all the talk, but you know what? At the end of that, when you have a moment of silence together, you're, you're going to have a we are the world moment. And if people want to say it's kumbaya, I don't give a fuck. That's the whole point. Right. You want to have like that somber moment after like 9-11 shit where everyone bonded together and held hands or hugged mm-hmm. or whatever. Let our kids see that. Let let them see fucking men hugging other men. Let them see black and white and gay and straight hugging. Who gives a shit? Because yeah. they are going to remember that 30, 40 years from now. If this happens again, they're going to be like, you know what? Mom and dad and all these other guys, they got together and they fucking love. It's going to go back to Scott's word. Spreading the love. Sending it out there putting it out there so that's the goal behind what i'm trying to do here and when i get it going i'll let you know because i'm gonna get it live on the news and everything else So, jock gonna- you know it's a super
1: powerful fun thing to do too is you do kind of like a scrum like football rugby scrum and have everybody with their hands on their backs and stuff and make it yeah. super masculine and you go in and you kind of like make it a dance and have every man just kind of just kind of like like make a like, vibration from this chest because you all feel it and it's a crazy feeling where you're all like, mm, what's very, that like, one? They, what's that like the, the
2: one they do? Yeah, like, like a sub- haka, dude. <gasps> it's, it's,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's like a haka, but just like. everybody make their sound because yeah. I'm telling you, there's an intensity, the vibration, and we don't like we don't ever do that and hug another man. I've been part of stuff like that where I'm going, I'm like, you want to yell louder? She's like, this feels good, and you're almost like being tough with men, going, this is like a man hug that's better because we're vibrating, and it seems silly. Dude, it is intense and it lets you realize how powerful your collective energy is. It's the kind of thing where if they saw it, you see that in the news, it could be, it, it's a, well, it's that's, a yeah. Kodak, I, I go old school, I call it a Kodak moment. I guess it's probably called an Insta
2: moment nowadays. Well, I've but. said that, I said this to Chris, I think I was on, I wasn't, I don't think you were on when I talked to Chris about it. I'm still trying to get it because I, I hadn't heard back from Serena yet and it was all about... Doing it in different areas. Chris, you'll remember when we talked about this, What I'm sorry. Right. So, what yep. our, our plan was, and I talked to Chris and he was on board, and we can bring this up again because we can still do this. But so, sure. everyone that wants to do it, and it includes men in the group, you know, Lee Height and the rest of the gang yeah. and, and everybody, mm-hmm. is to have one of these events in your own area. So, what we want to do is you get with your media. So, Sky, you do in Texas, sure. and Chris, and we, we try to pinpoint it. So, almost about the same time, we have the national news just go, you know what? We're going to shoot the different areas across the United States where everyone is having this moment of togetherness. And I'm going to tell you what, if you do that, hey, this is Christopher Roush out in, in California. And this is Scott Greer down in Texas. And I'm here in Serena's, That's wherever cool. she is. And Mary Kay's in Ca- I'll, Listen, that could be one of those moments that will people will remember like fucking big time. So yes. we need to
1: jump, we need to jump on board. There's a group that I'm friends with, and he they were actually on our show, Chris. If you remember, um, oh god, I'm forgetting. Remember the, the woman and the man? Um, oh goodness gracious. Captain oh, and Tennille? Captain <laughs> and Tennille, there you go. It was, so so they're friends of old. mine are blanking on him. They have an organization called the Compassion Games. Oh, and yeah, 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 there's yeah. a couple yep. remember? Mm-hmm. So a couple yep. days a year, they do exactly that. They already have a network all over the world who are prepared to support this. So what we need to do is tag on because it's Zoom based. They they have people. I mean, dude, they have people like, you know, like monks from this place, this like high priestess from this place, this like very
2: famous. I, i've been part of it it's insane and just so it's you know intense. i had no idea before i brought that up just so you know this has just been something i've yeah. been thinking about in my own. oh yeah but, but the like, beautiful the,
1: the beautiful thing is this has come up in different talks and then they materialized and brought it together so all john we'll do and is we'll summer ramer ramer summer and john ramer thank you yep. so much summer and john ramer I, I apologize for getting your names because you're good friends they live up in washington state right near vancouver they yep. grow across the the way but so the point is let's let's jump onto that it's called the compassion games anybody here who's not been a part of the compassion games go research it look it up when they're having those special days what we can do is we can first of all even if we can be, be part of it via zoom because there's thousands of people right. all the sessions are recorded but there's moments where collectively we all come together and say i want pure peace in the world and in my heart and in my soul and if we're doing that simultaneously with pure intention there is a shift in this world because of our intention. So let's all align together. Let's let's not make it like fractalized. Let's go deep together. Because think about have- it.
2: You know, the, the movements that made a difference. Think back in the movement. We are the world. We can go back hands across America. I mean, Bad even ass. even you can even go down to million man march. They stood together. All those black men stood together in unified. And that's what it is. It's strength in numbers. When Chris was talking about how do we attack our assembly and our centers, we have to do it in numbers. We have to get people that are in these fields, such as the three of us and all the people that we deal with and stand together and say, we're fucking not taking this shit anymore. We need to advocate for more for this. (laughs) We have to, we have to,
0: nowadays. you know, and
2: it's just, it's, it's one of those. So let me just share something because Chris gave me homework to look up some stuff. I'm just going to, well, because we're talking, her, about, we're talking about, we're talking about mental health and I just wanted to bring up one of these. So one of these was done, uh, it's called research by, um, his name is Dr. Ira Glick. He's from the Stanford university school of medicine. Yep. Um, they took 35 mass shootings to uh, analyze and out of the 20 at the 25 out of the 35 had mental illness diagnoses. 18 were schizophrenic. The other 10 were bipolar, delusional disorders, personality disorder, or substance-related disorders. So for the people that are watching, that's from a Stanford University of Medicine, that that was, and I'm not saying that's the cause. I'm just trying to defend our mental health aspect of it, that this is a problem. And it also goes on to say that, you know, um, outside of the mental illnesses, it goes along with lack of social capital, which we talked about and male pressure to conform with societal stereotypes. So, I mean, this is, so I did my homework, Chris. I'm getting good at this. This was in like 20 minutes, man. I was banging out stats. (laughs) Um, and the other thing that resonated with me is it said the U S can certainly decrease the rate of shootings with increased mental health resources and one of the big things that i think we can do is that health class that we all took in school which is bullshit that doesn't talk about anything <laughs> yeah. why don't we substitute that and put a mental health class in there Amen. you know why don't we go in and say you know Most what no more amazing. health class and showing the sex tape with the penis and the vagina why don't we get in and start getting into the depths of mental health How to
0: process your with emotions
2: exactly look That's at the it. difference that can make in a school mm-hmm. why, don't, why are we not doing that
1: Jack, because I literally teach that the... through Go Love Now. I have a full process to teach it. And guess what happens? I go in. So, so I'm going to tell you why we're not teaching that. This is this is the ultimate irony. The teachers are overwhelmed. They're freaking exhausted. They're forced to give these standardized tests. And when I walk in, guess who gets emotional? Well, they're sitting on the outside of the program, and I'm guiding emotion. I'm walking people through, literally, opportunities to be ashamed, to be fearful, to be f- scared, to be sad, to be angry. And they're balling. They're, they're snot running on their faces. And they're literally embarrassed because I've tapped all their triggers. And they're saying, this is overwhelming. The kids can't handle it. And I'm like, oh, who can't, handle, can't it? handle it? Yeah, exactly. the kids can't it's, handle it. The no, kids no, are no resilient. The, the kids are crying. So, Jacques, you're going to get a kick out of this. No, you won't, won't get a kick out of it. You'll just be disgusted by it. I actually had a school. I went into one of the schools. A girl came up to us uh, as soon as we finished speaking. We spoke to over 2,500 kids throughout the day. And one of the kids came up and said, I have a suicide note. I was going to kill myself. I'm not because of you. Wow. That next day and the end of that day, and we had this happen multiple times. I'm just giving you one example. Yeah. That next day and that day, I think it was 70 kids said that they had considered suicide and they need someone to talk to. So this is what happened. The principal said, this is too overwhelming for the kids. Uh, we can't be doing this because we don't have the ability to manage it. I'm like, do you think that just today, what I said, would you think what I said caused these kids to want to kill themselves? I'm like, these kids are finally ready to talk and heal, and you're going to put them back into a box and compartmentalize to get them the fuck out of your high school. You disgust me. That's the roadblock right there. That is. Okay. So at least we're on the same page. Oh, we are. But in the defense, there's one student. I'm sorry. There's 250 students for every one counselor. So when those 70 kids go, the counselors can't handle it but they've got to figure that out because those kids are all thinking that and they're saying, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. You are not fine. You're ready for a school shooting internally or externally. You're ready for suicides. It's all ready to happen. You're hanging on by a thread and I'm literally handing you the solution, but you're going to say, we can't do it because we have star tests and Abbott's trying to make money for some other bullshit. It's all trash, dude. The solutions are sitting there. We have access to them. We have programs in place and they're not utilizing them period. This is mm. not rocket science. And this no, is I, this is I, I one agree. person who can figure this out. What about when you bring hundreds and thousands of collective minds to solve?
2: It's crazy this shit is not happening. Oh, I agree totally. I had the same issue bringing my anti-bullying camp. I finally got it into all the schools. And once I sat down and, and they heard what I had to say, um they were like yeah man we, we can't wait for you so i'm actually developing my own program to start the school year next year off with five different schools we still districts. have to talk
1: about that because i have shitloads of great content and we, yeah. we can talk about how far you want to push and yeah what they're well, willing to receive so
2: so i understand that you know the roadblocks which i which i never understood but you know when we go down this list of and i had a couple points on on not only the mental health aspect but the the gun control type of thing and certain things because chris said how can we we can affect change rather than just yep. say hey so I think a couple of things we can do. Number one is uh, when you go in to buy a gun, I think you should have to pay a psychiatrist to evaluate you and write off that you are competent enough to own a handgun. You know what? You may, you're going to have people slip through and people are going to say that, but you know what? You are going to put a huge dent in the amount of people out there that should Hell not yeah. own guns, but make them pay for it.
1: Go John, see a psychologist. I, I sold my gun when I wasn't feeling well, because I, I literally was in a space where I said, I should not have a gun. And I literally sold my gun wow. because I was, I was saying to myself, like I bought it to protect my family. I'm like, if, if bad things happen, what if like I was concerned, I was just going, my brain doesn't feel right. And anything, right. I don't want anything wrong. And, and listen, the odds of me doing something, were pretty much zero and none, but I, that's my brain. I'm always looking out for shit. The funny right. thing is I'm so confident enough to sell the gun. I'm probably fine. But right. the point mm-hmm. being is, that's how I see things. I think we, we have to put ourselves through a lot before we can say that I can have a gun around
2: me or my family or anybody. It's a lot.
1: Well, it's I think that's. responsibility.
2: So I think that's one thing. The other thing to address security in the schools, and I've said this since Sandy Hill. You have enough retired military and veterans out there that are trained. Give them the jobs. Put them in security. You don't need a hall monitor. Put these ex-military guys—not the ones obviously that have PT but the ones that are legitimate—they've they, got to hey, be trained. They've got to be psychiatrically. They do, true. but I mean, you go through the process. That's fine. But you're talking about people that are in that have, know how to handle conflict, hand-to-hand combat, how to, you know. I mean, they, they are trained. You can't send Joe Smith in who works out in his local gym and thinks he's not going to do something because it's not going to happen. Or you give teachers someone. guns. Yeah. or yeah. give teachers guns. No, if you have someone in there that, that knows how to handle crisis intervention, those type of things, that's what you need. And there are a lot of respectable Thank veterans out there that would take that job in a heartbeat. I know mm-hmm. a ton of them here that would sign up for that job immediately. I agree with that. And I get scared
1: because working at a, a college here in Texas, they were making a big push saying that um, we need to start being armed as teachers. So we were at meetings about it. And I'm looking around the room, and I'm thinking, <laughs> you got Barney five five in the room. room. <laughs> a no, no, I'm, tell- I'm telling yeah, you, I'm, I'm telling that. you exactly what I'm thinking. If I'm a psychotic student, and I know this teacher has a gun, it's not going to be in their hand aimed. It's going to be in a briefcase or whatever. If I come in, and I, I-, I tell you right now, I- I'm one of the younger professors. I'm 51, but I'm, I'm much younger in spirit. There's not a single person in that room I could not have taken that gun away and just beat them down with it, never mind pulling the trigger. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm an angry student, what are you possibly going to do with this gun? And it was proven. We saw it in Buffalo. We saw it in in Uvalde. Like, you could be trained and still get taken down. And you're going to put a 60-year-old woman or a 60-year-old man who's never done anything athletic in their life, you're going to tell them to bring a gun
2: in? Are you that shitting is not me? Not the answer. No. Not only that. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell the kids that your teacher has a gun, a gun, who, Listen, who's the first person? If you're on that, who's the first person you're gonna shoot? You're, you're not gonna give a chance to go for the gun. You know they have a gun.
1: <laughs> yeah. What you have to do is you have to have a, a really badass nine year old. And I'm being funny and stupid. no, I know, I, I know. Yeah, yeah but like, you know, the, I, the one who you least expect, and he comes up behind you, he's like, Pshh. no. But I'm kidding. But 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 the joke, like the reality is, you're right. Like now you know, there's a new rule. Like, why do they go in the side door? Because they know the front door's locked. Why? Do, like, it, it,
2: it can't be obvious. It we as Americans obvious. give up every. It's sort of like if you go back to when we went and we were looking for Saddam Hussein. Okay, same mm-hmm. thing. We warned him. Okay, that's we like going, him. hey, you know what? We're coming <laughs> to get you. What would you think <laughs> he was gonna do? Not hide. He's gonna stand out and wait for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That's like, uh, like I didn't get that. It's like me saying to Scott, hey, I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna kick the shit out of you before I do it, and yeah. then I'm gonna do it. Yeah.
1: No, you just walk up to me at school and knock me out. Like, you don't. you don't sit here and have a conversation to get no. me all
2: prepped. We're not going to talk now and go, hey, no. Scott, when I come visit Texas, I'm going to find you. Like, you're not going to prepare for that. And wait. <laughs> hey, he's flying in today. You're all ready for hey, me. See? Show the hell up. It's, it's just it, I know, dude, you know, it's, it's just but I'm thinking that if we did have qualified. Like you said, yes, of course they have to pass tests, but those are the people that are trained in crisis situations like that border patrol agent. Who's not giving him kudos. You had 40 fucking police guys out there on a SWAT team that couldn't breach that fucking school and take that dude out. One dude that was a border patrol agent yep. went in took fucking what? Two or three shots, one in the leg somewhere else. And he's the one that took him out. I commend that dude. That dude has got balls. Mm-hmm. That is a true fucking hero right there. That guy
1: right there. You know, Amen. And but Amen. And to the point too, there should be a psychological test. If you're going to put a few people in a school that, that can do that, that's fine. So you have a couple Chuck Norris's in the school, but it's not a librarian. Every teacher, it, it's no. gotta be specialized. So yeah, you're right. I
2: it mean, does, it's something that it you can filter through and go through it, but it's just a thought of when we say, well, there's nothing we can do. Well, stop hiring the fucking guy that hangs out at Cumberland farms, you know, smoking cigarettes. They'd Amen. be your hall monitor and right. wonder why you don't have anything going on in the school. Amen. That's all I'm saying. Just put some, put some effort into this. We're not putting any effort into any of this. And that's why we're not learning. And the, the bottom line is, and I'll leave you with this is that when you, when you have a problem with your car, we'll just say, Chris, you have a problem with your truck and you take it into the guy to get your brakes fixed. They're going to fix the brakes. Now, two weeks later, you have another noise. They're going to go in, they're going to change something because they know what they didn't do the first time, fix it. So we're going to adapt and we're going to change it. What have we learned? We have Columbine. What'd we nothing. Nothing, what What'd we learn? Nothing. What happened? Sandy Hill. What did we learn? Nothing. What happened? Uvalde. On top of all the other ones, I'm just bringing those three up because there's never, they say the same fucking thing these politicians on not think. There's no answers. They round about bullshit and then it's it, guns are the problem. We have to stop. You can't own a gun. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. Really? Yeah. I'm just saying.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what a passionate conversation. We've been going for an hour and three minutes, hour and four minutes. Thank you guys all for being here in the comment section. The fans, you guys are awesome. I love what Aaron says right here. Be love. Oh, absolutely. She's like, bring on the love frequency. Absolutely. Uh, tour of love, absolutely. You know, it's ultimately about us taking responsibility for our own mental health, our own conditioning, our own processes and being an advocate for change in our own communities and and, and holding our politicians accountable for the bullshit going on. I know for me personally, I want to understand why there's 50 senators saying that there shouldn't be universal background checks. The fact that somebody can, this guy can go down the street and buy a a a, semi-auto assault rifle, but he can't buy a beer. It's like, why do we need an assault rifle? When you look back on the constitution, you look back on what the founding fathers of this country said, you know. We want to protect ourselves. You know, who needs who needs an AR-15 to go out there and shoot targets? Who needs an AR-15 to go shoot camels or or fucking whatever you shoot? That's a fucking asinine part of it. So I think the government is part of the responsibility because we should have another show on this, because when you think about and Scott, and you and I know this from Jimmy Dennis, the whole corrupt jail system and everything else that feeds into that that billion dollar stuff. Yeah, I can talk about that because I think it's the government's responsibility and the government's fault for what's some of this is being perpetuated because they're not coming up with the answers. Like Chris Murphy said from the Senate floor, if you guys have not seen that, I don't like watching all that shit, but I watched Chris Murphy talk about from the Senate floor and he was holding his fellow senators and his fellow congressmen accountable and saying, what are we doing? We have a bill here that can, that can cover universal background checks that you, if you go buy a gun from a private party, like I did, I had to go to big five and I had to go through the whole process when I bought my shotgun you know and what he said was he goes i'm a gun carrying member of society but why do we need this type of gun why do we need these things what are we doing and again it goes back to the special interest groups and the nri and everything else that people are sitting there going like when at when uh beta went up there and, and and challenged those guys and they're this is not a political thing really uh fuck the fuck off you know sorry about that so yeah. i appreciate you guys for having this conversation tonight i appreciate all you guys out here being here please, if you have comments and sh- suggestions or things in your own neighborhood that you've done that have implemented, that have happened and that have helped people, please put them in the comments here. We're going to go back and revisit these comments. We're going to continue having these conversations. And if you have a different perspective, if you know somebody who has a different alignment with this or has s- somebody who has done something in their own community, please let us know. Again, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com reach out to Scott or myself, reach out to Jock, connect with them. Jock, where can people connect with you and continue the conversation? Because this has been super powerful tonight.
2: Well, you can visit us on facebook 4S for life or our website www.4sforlife.com
0: yes 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 Jacques, thank you so much for being here thank you for your passion thank you for your authenticity Anytime. thank you for everything that you do every single day because i see it i see it i know it i feel it in my heart and i'm proud to be a, a partner with you and together all of us by having this conversation we want you guys to go out there and have these conversations in your community Right. We have community crime prevention, things and everything else. Let's have a community mental health awareness. Let's go out there and help one another and lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. Let's not watch the news. Let's go out there and be the advocate for change that we want to be and be a part of the solution, not part of the problem and stop blaming everybody else and start looking inward and what we can do within ourselves to heal ourselves and then go out and heal everybody else.
2: And real quick to all the men out there that, you know, we can't have conversations. Here's three men right here having a conversation and we're not degrading each other. We're not coming down. We're coming together unified to come up with solutions to the problems that are in society nowadays. So it can happen. We're proving it right here. Amen. Yes, we
0: are. Yes, we are. Jacques, don't go anywhere. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. Scott and I are going to finish out the show. We love you, man. So there you have it, Mr. Goyette, an hour and seven minutes. Um, we could go on for probably indefinitely and talk about all sorts of different issues. But what for you struck the most in tonight's conversation that we can share with the listeners again to recap what it is that we can all do to be a part of the solution?
1: Yeah, it started before we even uh, got on air. Uh, we were talking about be the change ourselves, And I think Erin um, said it you know, beautifully. She was talking about um, be love. And so what I would say is this, if God is love, if universe is love, if consciousness is love. To Mary Kay's point, oneness, all one and the same. If we are one, if we are all of that, why are we always saying thoughts and prayers, looking external, asking for help, government do this, do do this, do this? It starts in our own hearts. It starts in ourselves. So this is what I would suggest. And this is just coming from one other perspective, point of source, no different than you. Look inside, find your brilliance, share it with the world, take action, meditate on it, keep showing up and this world will change for the better. We've got this. We're in the middle of some chaos. It's uh, feels like a nightmare, but no different than you've heard before. If you come to a point in life where you feel like you found hell, got to keep moving through it. Just keep driving through it, because on the other side of that is heaven. And we're on the way to that. So be love. I'll end with that.
0: I can agree more. I mean, it's really it is it about that. And you've taught me that, Scott, like really thinking about love. And I was thinking about tonight's conversation, like, okay, it's mental health. It's this, but like peeling back the onion, where does it go back to? Where does it go back to? Where does it go back to? It goes back to the childhood conditioning that we've all experienced and thinking about, you know, did that kid, you know, as, as, as mad as I am at that 18 year old, at the same time, I want to go out and hug him and go like, what the fuck's going on in your life? Chris,
1: I went straight to that. I said, how? How could this? Like everyone else is saying, you know, glad he's dead. I would have eaten his soul or whatever. And I'm going, how did his soul get so distorted that he right. could walk into school? Like My question was, how? Not you're the devil, but what came into society that allowed that to happen? That's where we need to move towards. That's where the love is lost. The fear overwhelmed him and, and life. It's It's so sad.
0: It, 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 it truly is. And then here's here's the tipper point for all of you guys out here. We're going to leave you with a cliffhanger. We got the federal government now, essentially the, the, the Supreme Court ready to overturn Roe v. Wade to sit there and say a woman does not have a right to choose what she does with her body so that she could have more kids. So we have more kids coming into the world, but yet Do we have protection for those kids? Do we have safety for those kids? Do we have mental health for the kids and the parents that are having those kids? We're having, we sit there and think, okay, you can go buy. I get chills when I think about this because I get so fucking irritated. The fact that this kid can go buy an AR 15, but can't buy a beer. And the fact that they're going to say, okay, you have to have kids because we don't think it's your right to choose to this. It's all a perpetuation of the whole criminal system. And the fact that they want to make things a felony so that you can't have the right to vote so they can perpetuate the white, whatever. Prison and I said that out fucking loud, business, so
1: dude. it's on. So the whatever, district. guys.
0: This is the unfiltered experience. This is why Scott and I are here every single week to have these conversations. So please, please <laughs> go have these conversations in your house, in your neighborhood. Go out there, be the advocate for change. Because I, for one, cannot sit down anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't. That with this, no. Our kids. Our kids deserve so, 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 so much better. I have a five-year-old, as you know, Scott. He starts elementary school August tenth. I know for me, I'm going to be going over to Washington elementary and going, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what's your fucking thing? Cause I just told the story earlier today. I don't know if I ever told you this. I was, I was, I was, I was asked to speak at a high school in orange County here in Southern California, a very uh, affluent area. And it was right after, I think it was right after Sandy hook. And I, me looking like this, walked onto a school campus with a backpack I was lost. I was like trying to figure out where I was supposed to go. My friend told me, just go to the front office. I got lost. And I was at the back part of the school and I walked through the school, through the quad area. I stood in the quad area, me with a backpack on and not a single person asked anything. And then I walked into the front office through the back door, walked up to the front. She's like, hi, what can we do for you today? And I said, I'd like to know about your, your, your school security. Cause I just sat there and walked through your quad area and nobody asked me anything. I could have literally walked out there and went, I could have killed so many different people. Obviously, I didn't because that's not my intention, but the fact that that wasn't going on. So I know for me that I'm going to go to Washington Elementary in my own community and say, hey, what's your security? What's your what's your process? What do you got going on for for teaching kids these things? And if you don't have anything going on, my buddy Scott, let's get his program in here because we can do that here. I can do this so you guys can do whatever you can do in your community, Please. Go do something in your community. Come back and tell us about it if you want to be on the show. We would love to have you on here and let you know, let everybody else know what you're doing in your community to make this world a better place for our kids and for the safety of everybody else, for the 18-year-old boy who was suffering so badly he felt that he needed to go in there and do that. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Go to the unfilteredexperience.com Become a part of our family. We appreciate you go out there have a blessed weekend go out there be the change that you bitch about and most of all go enjoy your moments because nothing is ever guaranteed we love you and we'll see you here next time on the unfiltered experience
1: love, Peace. You, Chris, love you people